the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, July 24th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. I've got Bill to my north and David Dahl, our producer to my west. 602-508-0960 is the number. 602-5080-960. On Friday... Vice President Kamala Harris spoke to a group in Jacksonville, Florida, stating, quote, So when I think about what is happening then here in Florida, I'm deeply concerned, because let's be clear, I do believe this is not only about the state of Florida. There is a national agenda afoot, and what is happening here in Florida. Extremist so-called leaders for months have dared to ban books, book bans in this year of our Lord, 2023. Extremists here in Florida passed a law, don't say gay, trying to, instill, trying to instill fear in our teachers that they should not live their full life and love who they love. And now on top of all that, they want to replace history with lies. Middle school students in Florida to be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery. Close quote. Never before have I seen so many untruths and lies themselves broadcast in so few sentences. First, there's a national agenda afoot, she says. What agenda is that? What is the national agenda she speaks of? The U.S. Department of Education is run by the Biden-Harris administration. Is she speaking of citizen activists? Most likely. So what is their agenda? We get the hints as she continues when she says extremist leaders dare to ban books. What book has been banned by extremists or any other leaders? Bethany Mandel's children's books are not allowed in our schools or school libraries, or too many of them. I would call that a ban. Of course, she's a conservative. There is no book, however, one cannot buy online or in most bookstores, book especially the ones the vice president is speaking of. Administrators may have moved certain books to different sections of libraries or different age groups of curriculum planning because of age appropriateness, but that is not a ban. When books depict sexual behavior in graphic detail, as the main books at issue in these discussions are removed from kindergarten to third grade, there's a pretty good tell as to how age-inappropriate they are. When the governor, Ron DeSantis, held a press conference showing what was in those books, the media cut away because they couldn't be aired on television. When I can't speak the words in those books on this show, you tell me how it's okay for five and six and seven and eight-year-olds to get them fed to them by public school teachers in classrooms. Extremist leaders try to ban books? Good grief. Extremist radicals are trying to sexualize our children in graphic detail that approaches child pornography. The vice president goes on to spray the atmosphere with political DDT by saying, quote, extremists here in Florida passed a law, don't say gay, trying to instill fear in our teachers that they should not live their full life and love who they love, close quote. 
Here's what the Florida bill says, and you won't find the word gay in any part of it. There can be no classroom instruction on gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. It also prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in grades K through 3. Mark me as someone who doesn't think that extends quite far enough. But more importantly, mark for me the importance of teachers raising these issues with 5 and 6 and 7 and 8-year-olds. This story was given away when libs of TikTok revealed teacher after teacher crying into their cell phone cameras that they could no longer discuss their love lives with their students and in their classrooms. Remember, K through third grade. I should like to think we are not so out of step and out of date with the modern world as to wonder why a teacher's love life should have any relevance, much less any place in the classroom. Just a question. Can you all go back and think back to your elementary school experience and recall a single teacher ever speaking about their single dating or married life and what they did over the weekend in those lives? Did you even know if your teachers were married or not? It just never came up. That's my memory, at least. But now the personal is political and everything is political, including teaching. So with everything being political, of course, the personal element is front and center and important. That's why there's so much use of the personal pronoun my, as in my truth. And that would be why to the vice president, it's not really about the children. It is rather about the teachers being able to speak about and who they love, about how and who they love. As I've said before, there are two very different views of teaching and education taking place going on in America right now. One view thinks it's about the purpose of school and being for children, and one view thinks it's about the purpose of the teaching profession that works at the school, being for the teachers and the projection of their political views, be they personal or kinetic. I realize we live in an age of confession, but are we so far down the trail of progressivism that we now need adults to have their lifestyles outside the classroom validated by children and pre-adolescents inside the classroom or anywhere else? We used to think shielding children from adult themes was the right thing to be doing, and you know that every time you go into a movie theater that shows its age restrictions, and you know that every time you turn on the television and see what is allowed during late night versus during the daytime. Same with radio. You know that at theme parks, where we seem to think children's bones are important, and we protect children from indecent material, too, because we think their brains and emotions are just as important as their bones. But then the vice president dropped the true gravamen of the leftist assault, saying, quote, And now, on top of all of that, they want to replace history with lies— Middle school students in Florida to be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery, close quote. Now, before we go much further, I've been to quote F. Scott Fitzgerald amazed at the elaborateness of this lie of Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris's, and it's been carried everywhere from CNN to NBC to MSNBC to ABC to The New York Times to beyond. And it's simply and outstandingly false. Interestingly, it's coming from those who said conservatives, especially in Florida, don't want to teach the full story of the black experience or black history. But here's the jig. 
and the radical left and the vice president know it. They're exploiting this issue for political purposes based on race, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Here it is. Here it is. Here's what's at issue. If you go to the new Florida standards, they say this, quote, Instructions include how slaves developed skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. I will read it again. Instruction includes how slaves developed skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefits. Close quote. Note how Vice President Harris toyed around with this. She said enslaved people benefited from slavery. The standards, however, say, among other things, what should be taught is how in some cases slaves developed skills, which is to say some of them worked to help each other and improve their lot in a horrific situation, the kind of thing that Frederick Douglass stood for in teaching literacy to slaves, which he thought was an obligation and duty of slaves who did learn how to read. It was one of Frederick Douglass's great projects. You've heard me talk about the Each One Teach One movement. How best to define it? Let's go to the website of the University of Arizona College of Education. Quoting directly from the University of Arizona College of Education, quote, The phrase, each one, teach one, is an African proverb that originated in the United States during slavery when Africans were denied education. When someone learned how to read or write, it became their responsibility to teach someone else. The idea is to spread knowledge for the betterment of your community. Close quote. Perhaps the vice president will condemn the University of Arizona for saying slavery led to the betterment of their communities. That's how perverse her charge is. And it's the same thing she's doing with Florida. What the standards in Florida are saying is a far cry from and nothing at all like the impression that slavery had benefits. For the vice president or anyone else to continue this slander about the Florida standards would be the equivalent of teaching how concentration camp victims stored food to help feed their fellow brethren to allow them to eat when they were denied food or didn't have food and calling that behavior the benefits of concentration camps. As Charles Cook put it over at National Review, what the vice president said is a what the vice president said is a brazen lie. It's an astonishing lie. It's an evil lie. It is so untrue, so deliberately and cynically misleading that in a sensible political culture, Harris would be obligated to issue an apology. But she will not, and she will not be called out on it, for this is how it's done. The left can use any language they want. They will not be fact-checked, and they will not be called out on it. And this because A, too many who are lazy in the media are already inclined to believe these screeds about conservatives. Their default atmosphere was saturated in the air of these lies, and they have no major inclination to doubt or double-check them. And then B, they do not believe in journalism anymore. Just as there are two views of education going on in America, as mentioned above, there are two views of journalism as well. One view, ours, is that journalists should report the news, speak truth to power, and generally follow the journalist's creed as found at the National Press Club 
and has written last century at the Missouri School of Journalism. The other view is that journalism is to be directed in one and toward one ideological direction, and that any means that bring about liberal leftist ends are justifiable. It is not journalism as a subversive activity as well as once said about teaching. It is journalism as ideological warfare, as politics by other means, as politics by the most legitimate of means, because to them, to this crowd, there is only one respectable and legitimate position, the liberal left position. The sooner we realize this, these two considerations of things, such as teaching as much as of journalism, the better we will be able to adapt to this new environment, which is to say the better we will understand it and the better we will be able to be deployed to fix it. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Mr. Dahl, what does our political pin today say? I've got a very psychedelically written Nixon Agnew. Oh, Nixon Agnew? Psychedelically? That must mean it was from 72, I'm guessing. I Maybe, yeah. It's, it's very— That stuff uh, was a little more popular in 72 yeah, than yeah, 68. Yeah. Googie, I think they call it. Huh? I think they call it Googie, that style of— Oh, is that right? Have you ever heard that term? Mm, it's, it it's rings a yeah. vague, 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 vague bell. Is that— is it related to day glow and stuff like that? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> a term you haven't heard. We can just, we can talk in we can talk in talk neologisms in with yeah, one yeah. another and not understand each other. It's interesting, though. I guess thinking about Nixon and Agnew, that is when journalism changed. Just playing off some of what we were talking about in the monologue in the previous segment, um, because you kind of got the sense that the journalists were the heroes, uh, the heroes in America in speaking truth to power and investigating, you know, being the, the, the governor of the governors. You get this from, for example, the Pentagon Papers case, the quote I love so much from Hugo Black and William O. Douglas. The press was to serve the governed, not the governors. The government's power to censor the press was abolished so that the press would remain forever free to censure, criticize, the government, and they did that, you know, very credibly and very well when it came to investigating the Nixon administration. And two guys brought it down, Woodward and, Ber- Woodward and Bernstein, and created a whole new genre of investigative journalism. And that's really when things re- changed, and we should have been aware of what was to come, because— you sometimes, like the god Janus, look forward as you look backwards. He's that's what, yeah. right? That's what January's about, right? Looking forward and backwards. It's the god Janus, and um, and if you look back at the previous administrations leading up to Nixon, particularly JFK and LBJ, there wasn't much that Nixon did that was different than what they did. It's just that there was now a journalistic class that didn't want to stand for it anymore, and one gets the feeling and impression it wasn't that which was done so much as who was doing it. It wasn't the tapings. It wasn't the election shenanigans. LBJ and John F. Kennedy perfected all that to a Mm -hmm. fare thee well. It was just that in those days, that was the club. 
It was the Democrats. It was the liberals. And Nixon and Agnew were not Democrats and weren't liberals. And they weren't part of that same, you know, when it comes to the Kennedy ethos, which was still alive and well, even after he was assassinated. You know, you look at all these guys, the Bradleys and the people that ran the Washington. I mean, there was this East East Coast kind of preppy Ivy League club that Nixon and Agnew most definitively were not a part part of. of, Huh? Yeah. Right. And and in a weird way, Nixon fed that, too. In a weird way, he was always always thinking about that always is an overstatement but this this always this often weighed on nixon it often weighed on him that he wasn't part of the handsome set or the pretty set right or the or the the set that gets invited to the georgetown parties and and uh and uh, coffee clutches and salons um and and they brought him down the woodwards and the bernsteins brought him down and created a whole new journalistic ethos that was not even investigate so much as bring them down, bring Republicans down. You have to work pretty hard to find a journalistic effort that was as hard on any Democratic Party administration as it was on every Republican administration. Ellsworth got a prize. Yeah. And Woodward and Bernstein got a movie. That's right. That's right. Say it again, David. I said Ellsworth got a prize right? and Woodward and Bernstein got a movie. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. One may say that the Washington Post was pretty hard on the Clinton scandals, particularly the last one, the Lewinsky scandal, but not so fast. Remember, they tried to deep six it. Remember that this was a story that was held by a reporter for Washington Post, which owned News by Newsweek, which was owned by the Washington Post. Remember, this was a story that was owned that got leaked to a guy named Matt Drudge. The story was spiked when it was being held by the Washington Post, and the rest of them spent the rest of their days trying to catch up to the Drudge report. They spent their days trying to denounce the Drudge report for being irresponsible at first, and how could it be trustworthy? until the facts could no longer be denied. But the mainstream media was happy. I was there in those days. It was happy to try and cover for the Clintons, doing the bare most minimal in investigating and checking them out. And when they did, and when they wrote harshly or strongly or investigatively on the Clintons, there was always a second column that attended it. There was always another column right by it which was an equally hard, hard-hitting hard piece of investigative journalism against one of the Republican prosecutors in the House of Representatives or in the Senate, Henry Hyde, Newt Gingrich. They couldn't stay focused, and they couldn't let just that investigation go forward, and it's fine. All's fair in love and war and politics, but understand the game now. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website website is grandcanyonplanning.com. Good way to reach out to him. He's also the host of his own radio show, heard every Saturday morning here at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. Happy Monday, John. I hope you had a good weekend. I did. Thank you. I hope you did the same. Thank you, sir. Um, 
We were reading uh, this newsletter from Steve Moore, Unleash Prosperity. He writes, here's a classic half-truth. Real worker wages are are rising again, (laughs) said President Biden. And Steve Moore says there is a scintilla of truth to this. For the first time in 30 months of the Biden presidency, the real weekly earnings of workers slightly did outpace inflation. But for the previous 29 months, real weekly wages fell by a lot, and they estimate it cost roughly over $4,000 in real losses in income per family. I thought that was interesting because even if you think we're out of the woods on this, there is a headline in the Wall Street Journal today, why the Fed isn't ready to declare, to declare victory on inflation, right? Exactly. Uh, and, you know, we're, what, what is really interesting, Seth, when I look at this is that, and this is, this is showing, um, you know, proving itself, I guess, in the stock market is, is that stocks are still, uh, you know, in some type of uh, positive movement higher, even though the economy, uh, and we're hearing all these negative things about the economy, uh, but people are still spending money. And I, it's kind of difficult to understand what's going on here. Um, because, yeah, these numbers are showing that people have less to spend. Yeah. And yet we're still seeing their strength in, uh, you know, in, in we're going to find out really in the consumer uh, stocks once they start to report here as we start seeing some more uh, corporate earnings come out this week and next week. OK. All right. Good. Uh, keep us up. So I'm really unsure about yeah. all of this. Right. Yeah. It, no, I, to- I get it. I mean, and, and if you read, you know, the places that you often go to on this, the Wall Street Journal, these headlines, you know, they, they come and go and they seem to be unsure, too. And the Fed seems yeah. to be unsure. Mm-hmm. Isn't ready mm-hmm. to declare. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, and they are, and, and you know, it's all this speculation that began about um, whether or not Fed's going to raise rates a quarter point, whether they're going to raise them a half a point. You know, where where are we still at with this? Because uh, if indeed inflation is still uh, rising, uh, you know, it's maybe subsided a bit, but they're worried that it may spike yeah. back up again. Yeah. Then the Fed's going to act, but. Uh, people are certainly still spending yeah. money, and that's yeah. what's really unusual about, you know, if we're in a recession, yeah. uh, why are people still spending yeah. money? Yeah. Well, one wonders if there's some irresponsibility taking place, at least in the messaging, because maybe people aren't quite attuned to what we're facing. I mean, there's a lot going on. There was another story about this tremendous loss, $135 billion down the drain is how it's headlined. That's what the war on fossil fuels has cost the U.S. economy since uh, 2021. Uh, The price has averaged just under $80 a barrel under Biden versus 65 under Trump and $60 a barrel when Trump left office. I mean, there's a there's a there's a lot going on that we're not really put, quite putting our arms all around here, isn't it? Well, and that's another area yeah. we all feel it, right? right? We see the prices at the pump when right. Donald Trump left office. We were at some of the lowest levels we've seen, you know, for years in gas prices, uh, and now all of a sudden we're used to now these higher inflated prices for uh, gasoline, and yet they're pushing the agenda of clean energy through electric vehicles. But then they're telling us not to charge our electric vehicles in certain states like California. So, yeah. uh, boy, it is it is just we're getting these mixed messages out there, and it's making it harder and harder for people to really make good decisions based on uh, the economic news that they're hearing. Yeah, one's hoping they're being a little more responsible about, responsible about long-term decisions, even if they're not making responsible decisions yeah. about the short term, which is where you come in, right? 
Yeah, you know, and I, I encourage people again too. There's there are still uh, it's still important for people to be putting money away yeah. for their retirement. Right. Uh, don't count on the government for you know their benefits. Of course, you're going to have Social Security out there, but that's not going to be enough as we start to see the price of everything is staying elevated. Uh, those who have just uh, maybe thought about retirement or just moving into retirement, it's 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 a difficult time to maneuver that type of a transition from your working career into retirement. Uh, and I would encourage people, if they're worried about these types of issues, to be working with an advisor that can help them and guide them through that, that challenge that they'll be faced with. And again, they can reach out to me. If they're not working with an advisor, happy to sit down and talk with them. They can go to our website, Grand Canyon Planning dot com and request an appointment right there. That's what God made you for. Thank you, John. I appreciate Thank you, it. Seth. John Dabrowski, Grand Canyon Securities Planning. and Advisory Services, offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Henry and Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC, and not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Well done, sir. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Close listener and friend of the show, Steve, sent us an email picture. I sent it to young David as well. From 1968, uh, 1968 banner for Nixon, and uh, it's got all these caricatures. Caric- How many can you identify? I, you know, I... Uh, probably almost all of them. I see Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know if people know Wilt Chamberlain endorsed Richard Nixon in 1968. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's Wilt Chamberlain. see Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the woman between them? Can we figure that one out? If Steve's listening, maybe he can tell us. Who's that very attractive woman? Looks like a movie actress. If I had a guess. Yeah. And I, and I don't know, but yeah. I know that in 1968, Connie Francis endorsed Nixon and, uh, and did a campaign song. Yes, I remember. Connie Francis was always there. You but see Goldwater, you see Pat, you see the Romney people. It's interesting. I would love to know who that actress is. I would love to know. But while we chew on that, let's go to John in Phoenix. Hello, John. Hello, Seth. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Hey, thought your uh, monologue was uh, thought your monologue was great, and I heard that Kamala, um, the words she spoke this morning, it, it uh, made me uncomfortable, so I wanted to comment on that. Yeah. Um, I, the few things I wrote down here is it, it, it's they use this in their playbook. It appears you know misinformation, disinformation. It's like it's similar to a smear, um, and and she appears to be targeting that towards DeSantis and I guess conservatives who they would like to call you know MAGA. MAGA. And I used to be in marketing. Yeah. It's interesting. MAGA sounds like almost like gagging or something, like yeah. a, a, a gagging reflex. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but but just uh, totally bends the information. It's it's almost like I don't know, like race baiting a bit, like like Sharpton or Maxine Waters. Um, well, well, what Kamala Harris is doing is race baiting. There's no question. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. there is no question, and that used to be the lowest of the lows when it came to politics. And they've done this weird thing where they've turned – it's funny how they pick states to go to war against or political war against. You know, it used to be – well, for a while, around 2010, 2011, it was Arizona because of our immigration legislation. And then it became Texas. Texas was the real enemy. Now it's Florida, right? Now it's Florida, successful Republican-governed states. Yeah, because of DeSantis and also because of the Disney thing and so many different yeah. things. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Yeah. It's odd, isn't it, that they pick a state to go after. I can't think of us really doing the same thing. We, we, we once used to talk about Massachusetts liberals. We've talked about, you know, the ethics of New York here and there. But not at the same – not with the same – we wouldn't dig, dig into their legislation like this and distort it for racial purposes. Most of that, if you think about it, John, when, you, when, when we had brought up the liberalism of states like Massachusetts and New York, it was always just about – for the most part, just about crime. For the most part, it was about crime. And even today, when you think of, you know, the cities we talk about, whether it's Los Angeles or San Francisco or Portland, Seattle, it's about crime and uh, to some degree um, homelessness as well. But that's really what it's about. It's not about these racial issues. It's not about picking apart these racial wounds that the Democrats love to exploit in America. It's not about doing a disservice to the students and to the whole notion of education and boycotting states. Have we ever called for a boycott of a state? Have we ever done that? We've never done that. And it's just an amazing thing to me that not only will Kamala Harris and the lefty journalists back up this slander against the Florida history standards, they will not be called to account on it. They won't. No one is going to do a fact check. Everyone's just going to they, they set a, a template and an atmosphere where people are supposed to believe that it is a danger to your health to be black and live in Florida. Isn't that what the NAACP said? They put a tra- travel advisory on going to Florida. Yes, yeah. yes they did. And I, I wrote something down. Uh, do you recall when uh, they spoke before about Florida, uh, a Florida banning books? I saw something in the newspaper. I think it might have even been the Arizona Republic. A picture of Lori Lightfoot reading To Kill a Mockingbird right. and saying something to the extent of, I'll read what I want. Right. Whoever spoke about Ben right. To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> right. right, right. I saw this when Gavin Newsom was playing the same game about eight or nine months ago. He had a stack of books. You couldn't see them all. But, uh, yes, ironically, ironically, one of the books, and I don't think he quite understood what he was doing with this, unless he did understand at a very deep and subliminal level, one of the books was 1984 by George Orwell that he said was on the band. Which is exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was saying maybe he did know what he was doing. Maybe he... Maybe there was a little bit of a tell there. Maybe, maybe there was a little bit of a, this is our playbook. I, I don't think so. I think he just yeah. was looking for a photo op and didn't pay too much attention to it. And that, so it is they who are doing the misinformation, yes, of course. disinformation. Of course they all are. All the time. Of course All they the time. Yep. They're doing it on abortion, on the big issues for them, yep. which are race, abortion, sexuality. They blast it out to non-critical thinkers and apathetic viewers through mainstream media, I think that's probably, I don't know, you tell me, is, is that why we want an open border with with all new voters coming in? Well, because it's, a, it's people- a pretty vast network. Um, it's a pretty vast network we're up against when you think about all the dirty tricks they'll play. They'll use... Once upon a time, you would kind of sick your vice president on these cultural issues exclusively. And that's, in fact, speaking of Nixon, what he used Spiro Agnew for. But that that's kind of changed here. Uh, Joe Biden is just as outlandish as Kamala Harris in exploiting these race things. You'll remember Joe Biden said that the Republican Party was the party of 
George Wallace and Jefferson Davis and Bull Connor. And right. Yeah. I mean, he's just as bad as she is. And I I think it's at this. There's an old argument. What is it in law? It's an old saying uh, with lawyers that if you have the facts, you argue the facts. If you have what? If you have the law, you argue the law. And if you have neither, you pound your hand on the table. They don't have facts or law anymore. They certainly don't have facts or policies, John. So they're just pounding the table with race baiting these days. And everyone's happy to just go along with it. It's it's gutter politics as far as I'm concerned. Yes, which is similar to what they did eight months ago to a year ago with those border guys with the whips. Yes. Which were not whips or whatever. They were not doing whatever they said they were doing. But yet you had Sharpton and Kamala and everybody speaking against it. And did they ever address and apologize for their misinformation? No, no, no. And it reminds yet one of the old Mark Twain adage, a lie will travel halfway around the world while the truth is still tying its shoes. And, you know, we have talk radio, we have a few outlets and precincts here and there, but we're no match for the entire edifice that they've created, the entire network we're up against, which just means we can't, um, we can't relent. We have to be unremitting. Thank you, John. You think about the talk of recession that we were engaging in a little bit earlier and the stock market's volatility. You talk about uh, the bank failures. You talk about inflation. Where do you invest? Well, our friends at Y-Refi have an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this collateralized and secure portfolio from Y-Refi, and they're based here locally. You can visit them. They encourage you to stop by their offices. They're on the 101 in Scottsdale Road. I've been there. And uh, you won't get a sales pitch, and no one's going to ask you to sign a thing. But when you meet with the team there, you'll see why I trust and like them so much, and you will too. Y-Refi is a due diligence-approved firm. You can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent rate of return. That's right, a ten point two five percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at eight 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 Y refi thirty four. That's eight 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 Y refi thirty four. Let's go to uh, Steve in uh, Tempe. Hello, Steve. Hey, Seth, can I uh, comment on what you and your previous guests were just talking sure. about before I talk about sure. what, I, what, I, what, I, what I called about? I uh, I mean, you call it what, call it what it is. is. Is it race baiting? Yeah, it's all of that. And uh, Kamala or Kamala or whatever her name is, um, however she wants to pronounce her Kamala, name. Kamala, I think, is how she pronounces it. Okay, Kamala is doing just that. And I heard her comments and... Bottom line is, as it relates to that, is all they are doing with the election coming up is just making sure the black voting block doesn't get too far from them. They're using every example they can and every situation that they can that comes up, just being one of them to do that. And she took advantage of that today. I mean, in fact, the matter is, it was it was a, from what I understand about the story. It was actually black historians that were bringing that point up. Yeah, Bill Allen. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think there were there was more than one, but yeah, there was. I you know, I, he, I I know that name because he was an well, old teacher of mine at Claremont. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, call it what it is, but that's what let, it is. Let me do this, Steve. Yeah, Can I hold you yeah. over? Because i got to take the top oh, of the hour news break. Is yeah, that cool you. with you? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, you betcha. Yeah, and thank there's you. room for more. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 